It's time for Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM. Welcome to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. That's 95.7 in Ottawa. 106.5 in Toronto, anywhere across the country. If you download the Radio Player Canada app, type in one of those two coordinates as well as E-L-M-N-T-F-M. And then listen on your device of choice, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It is a pleasure to welcome to the show, we have Melissa Johns, she is the Imaginative Film and Media Arts Festival Digital and Interactive Coordinator, as well as Caitlin Tomaselli, and she is the Digital and Interactive Coordinator. Welcome to the show, ladies. Thank you. Oh yeah, it's a pleasure. Now, of course... uh, COVID-19 has affected things in so many ways, and uh, that means that Imaginative uh, Film and Media Arts Festival is, is uh, online and uh, virtual and, and happening from October 21st to the 25th. But I guess because it is interactive, I was looking at the website and seeing all the stuff that you guys have going on. And I think what's kind of cool about this, although it's in Toronto, it's now online. So it's, it's like virtually anybody anywhere can can participate and take and take part. Yeah, you know what? Um, a main thing about our festival is that it's not just an opportunity to present Indigenous content. It's also usually an opportunity for our various communities to gather. Mm. And while COVID has kind of, you know, robbed us of the ability to do that in person, mm. I'm actually kind of trying to take it from the angle that this is an opportunity to connect with people that can't typically attend the festival. Mm. People in more remote communities, uh, people from across the world who have their own Indigenous communities, but it just, you know, doesn't make sense for them to travel for that week. Mm. Uh, and now it's like the connectivity is just off the charts. Right. Yeah. And, and so how can you, can you elaborate on that a little bit? What have you found that is maybe different? Uh, so coming from a digital and interactive perspective, um, one thing is this really allows us to show people VR and, mm. uh, more experimental or interactive pieces kind of from the comfort of their own home. Um, we also have an initiative happening where we've, uh, printed and cut these pop-up VR headsets that we're sending out to 12 different uh, reserves across Canada. Uh, So for me, one of the pleasures of VR is being able to show it to somebody for the first time and just, you know, having their minds blown. Mm. Uh, And we're really trying to like kind of make it as accessible as possible and really bridge that gap. So instead of there being a trepidation or a fear, just like, you know, I, I I don't know that I don't want to, I don't want to try that. Mm -hmm. Um, making it as easy as possible, both in terms of geography and like technological accessibility means that more people than ever can actually try out these experiences. Now that was really interesting. What you just said there about sending out these, uh, these, this VR stuff to, to communities. What is, what is required on the other end for people to participate in that? Uh, How, how, you know, from a, from a standpoint of the, of a computer and, and connectivity, what, what do people need in, in able to experience that? So with these headsets, the best thing about it is they're actually just pop up cardboard and you just slot your mobile phone in it. Um, Frankly, all anybody needs at home in order to interact with the works on our site is a phone or a tablet or a computer. Mm. Uh, 
honestly, we've uh, we've pretty much tailored it to make it as accessible as possible. So if you have the uh, the specialty equipment, like a mm. you know proper VR rig, Oculus Vive, doesn't matter, then that's just kind of gravy. Sure. But if you don't, you can just kind of dive in and you can see the experiences in 360 without any issue. That's great. It's really good to hear, especially with the connectivity and especially with the, the ability, as you say, to, to just make these cut out cardboard uh, headphones that people can put on. So that, that's, that's really cool. Is this the first time you've attempted something like, like, like that? Yeah, this is totally new. Actually, um, I'm a little bit new, so I'd love if Caitlin could take this one. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, so last year was actually my first uh, phys- uh, physical festival, now that this year's me virtual. Mm. Um, but the, the beauty of it being virtual this year is that there are these new components that like we didn't get to explore as much last year. Mm-hmm. So there's more room to be able to find those ways to make things more accessible, especially with having everything um, closed captioned, um, even like with the VR headset. So you don't even need a VR headset because you can also have a playthrough that we have up on the website. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's beautiful to see like how these events are able to be, to be translated into a virtual setting. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, I can't help but think about the future and how, you know, even though COVID has affected us in many ways, this really sounds like, uh, as the name says, imaginative uh, and and how this is going to allow things to possibly change and alter for future experiences of people as well. When when these kind of things come back, even when we are able to meet physically, uh, this is probably going to open up things to to ways that we hadn't necessarily thought of, of possibly uh, utilizing. Is that fair to say, uh, Caitlin? Yeah, for sure. Like, um, there's a thing where it's like thinking about tomorrow and how we can make that accessible is how we can make today even better. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like how we're able, able to adjust to what to expect tomorrow. Right. Now, of course, since you guys started planning this, um, the COVID situation has changed once again. So I'm just wondering, has anything in the festival uh, been changed because of that? Was there anything physical at all that you guys were going to be doing or was it all going to be virtual? Um, We've had a slight pivot because we had a few exhibitions that had uh, potential for Mm -hmm. in-person components. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, and we were definitely aware that things can change and they have. Uh, So we've also shifted all of our exhibitions to an online format with 360 video where applicable. Can you take us through a little bit, uh, perhaps, um, uh, Melissa, you can tell us, uh, give us an overview of the festival itself, what people are going to see, some of the some of the things, and then we can get into some of the more uh, the more digital interactive stuff that is going to be happening. Sounds really cool with with uh, Caitlin, if that's okay. Um, could we actually switch those around? I feel like Caitlin has a, like a better understanding of the larger festival and sure. then I'm, I'm kind of, I'm more specialized. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. <laughs> Sounds great. Okay. So yeah, throughout the week, we'll be having, um, these shorts programming. So today our opening gala will start with the yellow short program and what we have with the, the colors of the program is to mirror the uh, medicine wheel um, coming mm. from all directions. So each night we'll have a release of a new, a new color of mm. the program. And they'll usually showcase around seven to eight artists. And they're on 
uh, video on demand released daily. And you can watch up to 20, uh, up to 48 hours if you have the community pass. And then at 1 p.m. every day throughout the festival, we have artist talks. And then uh, we have live events every day as well. We have a feature focus at 2 p.m. for uh, dramatics. We have a feature focus for documentary at 3. And then a short focus for the shorts program at 4 p.m., um, which is amazing. And then we also have the Eden Robinson adaption of Monkey Beach by Loretta Todd. Mm. And then we also have the Thomas King adaption of Inconvenient Indian by Michelle Latimer. Nice. So there's a lot of great uh, like films being released this, this year for mm. being on, on a digital platform. Right. Um, and we have also to add is that we have a giveaway component. So that, that relates to the, the VR headsets as well. But mm. What we were aiming from this giveaway project is like gifting from the spirit and for the spirit. And it's about to acknowledgement of the continued support and work from our communities. Um, but yeah, I feel like that's a, a good little overview run of the week. Yeah. Oh, also, we have um, 16 awards this year with 53K in prize money to company. Oh, nice. Can you tell us yeah. a little bit about that, about the awards? Thanks. Yeah, so um, what what happens with the awards is that we have a jury selection of um, um, of of the films who sit down and they watch and they're able to do their deliberations, and then from there uh, they have a selection of of just like different award um, types that we are able to arrange, like like best feature, best documentary, um, the Kent Monkman Award, mm. um, Alan Isabelsman's Award, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Melissa, do you want to take over? Yeah, um, so I'd love to talk specifically about the digital and interactive events that we've got going on this week. Please. Um, so on the in-digital space, we have like a huge variety of works that vary from VR, 360 video, video games, and interactive web. Those are available just throughout the week at your pleasure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have a series of events. One of them is called uh, Indigenous Digitus, uh, sorry, <laughs> Indigenous Digital Development Day. Uh, and what that is, is it's basically a continuation of our annual festival industry days, but it's specifically geared towards people in the new media and media arts sector. Uh, So what this is, is it's all about skill building, professional development. Uh, We're starting the day off with a series of pitches from the open immersion labs, which have been running for the last three months. Mm the last few months through the NFB, CFC, Ford Mm -hmm. Foundation. Uh, And so they're pitching their works. uh, They're pitching their VR works to a panel. Then we have uh, lunch and learn. We have tech talk networking event, uh, networking events between um, different artists and creatives. We have a youth panel, which is Caitlin's baby, uh, which showcases our in digital youth collective. We also have um, we also have a panel called Indigenous International, and uh, basically that one is going to be live, uh, pulling together people from all across the world at the same time to talk about media labs in their different areas. Uh, again, as Caitlin mentioned, we have our DNI artist talks that happen at 1 p.m. throughout the week, and then most exciting, we also have Night of the Indigenous Devs, which mm-hmm. is where it's a, sort of a live game show component where creators play their games and then talk about them on screen and sort of have an interview as you go. And it's got a, an interactive audience component. And then we have the multiplayer social VR Kanataye, which is basically a large multiplayer social VR event that you don't need a headset to join into. You can, you can log on as long as you have a microphone and a computer or even on a phone and just kind of, you know, type to people through it. Mm. But it's, 
something along the lines of a gathering online that's kind of like a powwow and a farmer's market and just it's going to be fantastic. I can't say too much more beyond that. It sounds really cool. Yeah. During a, in a DDD, as we're calling it, um, Indigenous Digital Development Day, we also have a series of workshops. And and what are those workshops going to be uh, on? Oh, all right. So we've got uh, one workshop by Tanugago, which is all about digital storytelling. Yeah. Uh, we have a second workshop that is actually by me. That's about... Uh, crafting 3D assets from scratch, just talking you through a digital workflow. And then lastly, we have uh, Josh Nielsen, who's the founder of Eastside Games, and he's coming on to talk about entrepreneurship in this industry, followed by a special message from RBC about financial literacy. And that also features a giveaway that includes four one-on-one talks that you can have with RBC. Okay, cool. I just want to let everyone know you're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. That's 106.5 in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa, anywhere across the country. If you download the Radio Player Canada app, type in one of those two coordinates as well as ELMNTFM and then listen on your device of choice 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Joining me here on Moment of Truth is Melissa Johns. She's the Festival uh, Digital and Interactive Coordinator for the Imaginative Film and Media Arts Festival. Festival, which is uh, ongoing from October 22nd uh, until the 25th, as well as uh, Caitlin Tomaselli, and she is the Digital and Interactive Coordinator for the Imaginative Film and Media Arts Festival. It's a pleasure to have them both on the show. That sounded very cool, what you guys were talking about. Now, as I was, as I was reading through some of the things that are, that are ongoing... There was one that kind of jumped out at me. Well, a lot of the stuff jumped out at me that sounds really cool that, that would be participating you know, for people to, to participate in. But I think there's one that it had to do with Australia. Yes, where you, you get to experience what it's like to be inside an, an indigenous person from Australia. Is that- oh, yes. So you're talking about a virtual Wajuk. Mm. And what that is, is it's a it's a VR experience. And so on the site, we have a playthrough of it that you can just watch. And it's a point of view. You are an Australian Indigenous person from, you know, mm. several hundred years, like pre-contact, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, two narrators who just have this fantastic um, chemistry talking to one another, kind of like an, an auntie and an uncle, mm. uh, are talking you through different ways of ceremony and ritual as you engage with daily life. That sounds really cool. Oh, it's fantastic. And then you also get to see these sort of ghosts of the city that mm-hmm. eventually gets built over. Um, it's all happening just before contact. Mm. Yeah, I, th- these are great ideas and, and wonderful ideas for people to, you know, expand their their imagination there's another one also that uh captured my attention and i'm trying to think of which one that is now because so many of them uh sounded sounded so cool um that's not a bad thing no it's not a bad thing at all what do you want to tell us about these things that are going on that we that you think people need to hear it doesn't matter what it is uh, so, Caitlin, for me, what's coming to mind is Social VR Canada, which we talked about a little bit, Night of the Indigenous Devs. Uh, and then I, I would say a few choice select works like uh, Fakikitanga, um, Virtual Wajuk, Along the River of Space Time, perhaps. 
What do you think? Yeah, I definitely think that one, as well as on the land with Noah Piaka Tatak. Oh, so yeah. So that's yeah. like a digital story map that uses audio images and maps um, for the the film that was showcased last year. Mm. Yeah. As for the as for the couple that I mentioned, um, along the river of space time is this work by Elizabeth Laponce, and what it is is it's actually uh, tracking your eyesight. So you look around at different star. Uh, constellations and depending on what you land on it will form that constellation and then tell you a story about it Mm. yeah that's 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 great you know i i know what the other one was and i'm I'm not sure which one it is but it had to do with the fact where you became a photographer in a in a uh right oh yeah in the the uh, post uh apocalyptic world and you're a photographer and which i really liked because i thought okay you're not somebody with a weapon. You're with a camera and, you, and you're, you're documenting, which I thought that's really cool. What a great idea. Yeah. So that one is a Umaranga Generation by Naptali Faulkner. And that work is just incredible because it kind of echoes like old school games like Pokemon Snap. It's mm-hmm. really, really colorful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's indigenous futurism, but with this fantastic blithe way of playing where, mm-hmm. you know, it's the future neoliberal, sorry, neoliberalism has ruined everything, mm. uh, according to the um, synopsis. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what you find is just these like neon colored indigenous people partying in like the burnt out husk of the future. Mm. <laughs> and you just photograph that. <laughs> right. And, and when they're photographing, do they get to download or keep these things or do they put, get put into a scrapbook or something? What happens with the photography, with the photography they take? Um, so I do know that you kind of keep a camera roll in game because mm-hmm. the point is to capture like bounties yep. Yep. effectively to take pictures of things specifically and get points for those. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also know that this game was ported to the Nintendo switch and it's kind of a big deal in Japan right now, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Nintendo switch has a function where you can take screenshots mm-hmm. and then share those on online. So it's definitely possible. Right. Okay, guys, what haven't we mentioned about uh, the festival this year that you think is important to share? I I don't think we talked about the art crawl. Um, um, So the art crawl, again, because COVID gets in the way, Mm -hmm. uh, we're not able to have a typical art crawl or even some of the typical exhibitions like we normally do. So all of our exhibitions are living online right now. Mm -hmm. And the art crawl is kind of like a curated video walk through these works that includes uh, messages from the creators and curators and just really guides you through the experience. Anything else, guys, that comes to mind? I think I forgot. I remember something we forgot to mention. Okay. Our Indigital Imaginative site. (laughs) So it's this whole new platform that we made that has everything that you can find for digital interactive works, audio, exhibitions, or did we talk about this? We did talk about that one, but we should specifically drop that it's, uh, you can find all of the stuff at indigital.imaginative.org. And can you tell us something about how that's going to work? As you said, the video on demand or even even the festival itself. This is something people log into. Uh, you, you buy a ticket to attend. Um, so we have a free ticket as well as a community ticket okay. uh, and an industry ticket. Um, so the free ticket's going to get you, you know, access to all of our free events, including the in digital space. The community ticket, I'm 
probably butchering this. The community ticket uh, is going to get you access to the video on demand platform. And then the industry ticket is more geared towards the networking, uh, micro meetings that we have and any industry uh, professional development type events that we're running. Um, Probably Caitlin could tell you that whole thing and better than I just did. That was all correct. Uh, there's just one thing I might add is that the community pass gives you video on demand, but only for 48 hours, whereas the industry pass gives you video on demand uh, for the whole week and you're able to access it as, as things are released daily. Okay. And is there anything else you guys can tell us about the imaginative uh, site itself in terms of what people can find there outside of the festival? What else would people find there if they went to your site? Oh gosh. Um, so outside of the festival, if you go to the imaginative site, one like you'll of course find information about our year round programs, events, our tours, uh, upcoming things, artist spotlights, people and works that you should check out. Um, but one thing that we really want to take away from this experience of moving the festival to online this year is to have a year round digital and interactive component. Mm. We want to be able to host exhibitions online all the time. Uh, We want to be able to bring forward initiatives that allow new media arts to really grow and thrive and be seen in the same way that films do. Right. Okay. Wonderful. And once again, the, the uh, site is uh, www, of course, imaginative.org for the festival. It's uh, the festival.imaginative.org slash passes. Correct. Uh, just festival.imaginative.org will work. Okay. And, and the dates are of course, once again, October 20th, to 25th. Um, anything else you care to just finish off with uh, ladies just before we finish up? Um, yeah, just that we have some really amazing works this year and experiences and events and in terms of the digital and interactive, all of it's free. There's no excuse. Come on, check it out. Win some prizes, we have giveaways. Oh, okay, cool. And because it is virtual, as we talked about right off the top of the show, that means that anyone anywhere can participate. So if you're within uh, our earshot of, of hearing this, you can go to the Imaginative uh, website and you can find out more and participate all online. So um, Melissa Johns uh, and uh, Caitlin Tomaselli, it's been a pleasure to have you both on the show. We really appreciate you taking the time to do so. And congratulations on the festival and uh, many more. And we wish you all the best with this year. And uh, let's hope that that this this COVID situation clears up for all of us so that we can uh, get back to, you know, meeting in person, but also expanding, I guess, on this idea of this virtual stuff that we've got going. Because it seems to me that, Maybe in, in, in terms of the Imaginative Film and Media Arts Festival, there's a lot of cool stuff that, could, that people could participate in um, outside of meeting in, in person and if they can't get down to the festival in person itself. Definitely, David. We look forward not only to seeing you online this year, but in person and online next year. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Melissa and Caitlin, thank you very much once again for, uh, for taking the time to join us on Moment of Truth. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, David. You bet. Take care. That's Melissa Johns. She's the Festival Digital and Interactive Coordinator for the Imaginative Film and Media Arts Festival. And Caitlin Tomaselli. She's the Digital and Interactive Coordinator for the Imaginative Film and Media Arts Festival. That's this part of the program. But don't go away because we'll be right back after this with more.